Hey there, you've heard me talk about the importance of lifelong learning before. I mean, you should never be too old or too busy to learn something new. Now, we all know time is our most precious commodity, and, and I know that it can be difficult to find the time to study, to learn, to improve your knowledge. That's why I'm excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in some of the most important and enduring subjects. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church, with Hillsdale College's online courses all available for free. Correct. I did say free. Look, sign up for the Constitution 101 course, The Meaning and History of the U.S. Constitution. In this 12-lecture course, you'll explore the design and purpose of the Constitution, the challenges it faced during the Civil War, and how it's been undermined and under attack, frankly, for more than a century by those who believe it can be changed on a whim or who view the Constitution as a document that can be changed whenever progressive ideas become fashionable. The course is self-paced, so that you can start whenever and wherever. Enroll now in Constitution 101. Look, our country always needs more citizens who understand the Constitution and can defend the freedoms of the American people against the encroachments of an increasingly large and sprawling government. Go now to hillsdale.edu slash pdb to enroll. Check it out. There's no cost, and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash pdb to register. It's Monday, November 6th, the day before another election day in the United States. Welcome to the President's Daily Brief. I'm Mike Baker, your eyes and ears on the world stage. Let's get briefed. In today's PDB, as war rages on in Gaza, a deep divide opens within the Democrat Party, with some going as far as to accuse President Biden of supporting genocide. Later in the program, Hezbollah chief Hassan Nasrallah finally speaks out, disappointing some supporters, and those would be the supporters keen to open a second front on Israel. And the Palestinian Authority may be preparing to step into the vacuum left by a diminished or exterminated Hamas. And finally, in the back of the brief, a new report suggests Western officials have begun quietly talking to the Ukrainian government about possible peace negotiations with Russia. But first up, the PDB spotlight. As the conflict in Gaza continued over this weekend, streets around the world were choked with pro-Palestinian demonstrators. From Washington, D.C. to Michigan, and from Milan to Paris, tens of thousands marched, demanding an end to the bombardment of Gaza and calling for an immediate ceasefire. Things got especially intense outside the White House on Saturday evening, with demonstrators vandalizing the gates of the White House with red paint and attempting to scale the fence. Anti-Semitic messages were spray-painted on nearby buildings, and the police reported a single arrest during the march. Yes, one arrest. Now, while the message was unequivocally pro-Palestinian and anti-Israel, it pointedly targeted President Biden. Chants of, quote, Genocide Joe reportedly rang out during the demonstrations. The sentiment fueling these protests is one of betrayal. Many demonstrators are sending a clear warning to the president. His stance could lead to repercussions in the next election cycle. 
And the sentiment isn't confined to the protests. It signals a growing rift within the Democratic Party. It's even being echoed by some of Biden's allies in Congress. Democrat Representative Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, well, she didn't mince words, accusing the president of backing what she termed, quote, genocide against the Palestinian people. Her message to voters, remember this in 2024. Meanwhile, former President Barack Obama weighed in as well, and he didn't exactly do any favors for his former VP. During a recent podcast appearance, the former president equivocated on the conflict, saying, quote, what Hamas did was horrific and there's no justification for it. And what is also true, he said, is that the occupation and what's happening to Palestinians is unbearable, end quote. Now, in case you're wondering, that would be a classic case study in speaking out of both sides of your mouth. The problem with not taking a clear stand, though, one way or the other, of, of, of trying to placate everyone with the political game of whataboutism, is that really, at the end of the day, you don't please anyone. The ripples of this division extend now to the vice president's family, with stepdaughter Ella Emhoff actively fundraising for Gaza relief efforts. Oh, and by the way, if you're inclined to give money to a Palestinian or Gaza relief fund, well, do your own due diligence, right? Make sure you understand where that money is going to. Hamas controls the Gaza Strip. And if you imagine that Hamas, in some benign form of governance, distributes the funds and resources to the residents of Gaza instead of to, well, themselves, ask yourself before writing that check, how, over the past almost 20 years, has Hamas improved measurably the lives of the Gaza residents? Now, even at this early stage, the political fallout, well, it's not merely theoretical. It's already having a tangible impact, especially among Arab American voters. And that's a key voting block for Biden's reelection efforts, especially in a swing state like Michigan. Once solidly supportive of Biden, their backing has plummeted, according to a recent national poll. Only 17 percent now say they'll vote for him in the next election. And that is a drastic fall from the 59% who supported him in 2020. Now, the tens of thousands of protesters taking to the streets over the past week and weekend, well, they argue that they're not anti-Semitic bigots. They're just anti the Israeli government's actions in response to Hamas's slaughter and continued rocket attacks on Israel. And for some, that's true. But, frankly, a significant portion are simply anti-Semites. Now, stepping back in time, perhaps you'll recall the hard left's attitude in the U.S. during those mostly peaceful summer BLM and Antifa riots following George Floyd's wrongful death. You might recall that anyone who criticized the riots and violent protests were readily dismissed by the left as racists. That was and continues to be the left's go-to weapon. But somehow, the Israel-Hamas conflict is different, they would have you believe. Of course, they're not anti-Semites. They just carry banners calling for the end of Israel, saying, by any means necessary, or from the river to the sea. And they've engaged in impressive mental gymnastics to cloak Hamas in the righteous cover of freedom fighters, rather than what they are which is a terrorist tool of Iran 
built to assist in the extermination of Israel. Regardless, the White House is now learning a hard truth about the braying mob. As Winston Churchill once said about Hitler to his wartime cabinet, you cannot negotiate with the tiger when your head is in its mouth. The Biden administration has catered to the progressive left throughout its term, but the mob is never satisfied, and eventually, nobody is righteous enough for the mob. Now, I, for one, hope that Biden's calculation is that foreign policy, U.S. national security, should not be based on domestic political calculations. Because, for the most part, the braying mob is ill-informed, prejudiced, self-absorbed, and uninterested in facts and truth. They're governed by their feelings and the desire to be seen as more righteous than you. All right, coming up after the break, Hezbollah chief Hassan Nasrallah leaves supporters hanging with his latest remarks on Hezbollah's stance against Israel. And in the West Bank, a crucial dialogue unfolds between Antony Blinken and Mahmoud Abbas about Gaza's future leadership. I'll be right back. These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Welcome back to the PDB. While the IDF's campaign continues in southern Israel, Thousands of Israeli soldiers are also stationed in the nation's north in order to fend off a potential attack from Hezbollah, the powerful Lebanese militia controlled and funded by Iran. As you know, Hezbollah began conducting daily attacks against Israeli military outposts on the border between Israel and Lebanon shortly after the war broke out. According to officials, at least 57 Hezbollah fighters and 10 Israelis have been killed in the attacks. Hezbollah's goal in the conflict, well, those goals are still unclear, and all eyes have been on the group's leader, Hassan Nasrallah, for clarity on their next move. Well, Nasrallah finally spoke out on Friday, and let's just say he left a lot of his most hardcore followers very disappointed, especially those who had anticipated a rallying cry to broaden the fight alongside Hamas. Nasrallah took a more cautious tone indicating that while the conflict with Israel has the potential to explode into a larger war, it has not reached that point. His remarks left the door open for future actions, stating, quote, All the options are open, and we might choose them. Adding to the complexity, Nasrallah revealed that the October 7th operation conducted by Hamas was not, he said, a coordinated effort within the quote, axis of resistance, which includes Hezbollah and Iran, 
He clarified that the attack was solely a Palestinian initiative, stating, quote, this attack was 100% Palestinian and had nothing to do with regional issues. Ah, of course. Now, far be it from me to impugn Nasrallah's character or the veracity of his statements. Actually, never mind. That's exactly what I'm doing. The bottom line is that meetings took place in Beirut between Hezbollah, Hamas, and Iranian liaison leading up to the 7 October murderous rampage. And confirmed intelligence shows that hundreds of Hamas fighters were being trained and advised by the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, in Iran in September, again leading up to the 7 October attacks. Look, Iran controls both Hamas and Hezbollah. They are tools of the Iranian regime in the IRGC. So, did Nasrallah know that Hamas would be carrying out its slaughter of Israeli men, women, children, and babies on 7 October? Well, as the old saying goes, does a bear crap in the woods? And for those of you not familiar with bears, the answer is yes. All right. Now, I want to return to a subject that we spoke about in depth last week, and that is the question of what happens in a post-Hamas Gaza. I focus mostly on the peacekeeping scenarios likely to develop in the aftermath of the war. But there's another important element to that question, and that is the political leadership that will inevitably need to fill the vacuum left by either a significantly degraded Hamas or a fully stamped out Hamas. Today, we're getting a better idea of who's ready to step into that gap. On Sunday, U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken sat down with Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas in the city of Ramallah in the West Bank. On the agenda was the issue of ensuring ongoing humanitarian support to Gaza. However, reports indicate their talks broadened to include sketching out a post-conflict scenario for the territory. And Abbas reportedly indicated that he and the Palestinian Authority are prepared to assume political control of Gaza once this is all over. Now, to understand what this means, you need to understand the split between Gaza and the West Bank. In the 1993 Oslo Accords, Israel agreed to grant limited self-rule to Palestinians, leading to the creation of the Palestinian Authority, or PA, to govern the West Bank and Gaza. The PA, led by the Fatah Party, supports a two-state solution through negotiation. However, in 2006, Hamas won the Gaza elections. Now, calling them free and fair elections might be a stretch, but they came out on the winning side. Regardless, that led to an outbreak of violence, and by 2007, Hamas had ousted the PA from Gaza completely. That led to the two separate administrations that we see today, the PA in the West Bank and Hamas in Gaza. President Abbas emphasized to Secretary Blinken that the Palestinian Authority's return to governing Gaza depends not only on an end to the conflict, but also on a comprehensive political solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Abbas said, quote, we will fully assume our responsibilities within the framework of a comprehensive political solution that includes all of the West Bank, including East Jerusalem. The obvious roadblock here is Hamas. They spend most of the funding and aid that makes its way to the Gaza Strip on, on Hamas, not on improving the lives of the residents of Gaza. And they will not be inclined to give up their position in Gaza 
as that guarantees continued funding from Iran. If they lose their local authority, they risk losing the benevolence of their puppet masters, Iran. While protesters in Michigan, D.C., Milan, and elsewhere may imagine Hamas to be freedom fighters only interested in the well-being of Palestinians, in fact, they are a self-serving organization out for the betterment of the Hamas leadership structure. Greed, after all, is a human trait not limited to any particular religion. Coming up in the back of the brief, last week's revelation from Ukraine's top general about the deadlock with Russia shook global perceptions about the war in Ukraine. Today, a new report suggests he's not the only one who holds that sentiment. I'll be right back. Do you have a will or a trust? It can be scary to think about death, but not having a plan in place if something happens is far scarier. Thanks to trust and will, you don't have to navigate the complicated and confusing process of estate planning alone. They make it accessible, affordable, and way easier than you thought it could be. Trust and Will walks you through the whole process step by step. Each will or trust is state-specific, and you can customize it to your own needs, including guardianship, healthcare preferences, power of attorney, and final arrangements. You'll have easy access and control of all your estate planning documents in one convenient place with bank-level encryption. And you'll reduce the burden on loved ones by helping them avoid complicated probate proceedings and family disagreements, all starting at just $199. Join hundreds of thousands of families and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your state plan documents at trustandwill.com mike. That's trustandwill.com mike. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com carlson. I'm talking big money items, like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com carlson. That's carshield.com carlson. Welcome back. In today's Back of the Brief, We've got something of a follow-up to a story we covered last week. If you'll remember, Ukraine's top general, Valery Zeluzhny, gave a very candid assessment of the situation on the ground, saying that Russian and Ukrainian forces have essentially reached a deadlock across the front. He said, quote, just like in the First World War, we have reached the level of technology that puts us into a stalemate. There will most likely be no deep and beautiful breakthrough, end quote. Well, according to a new NBC News report, Zeluzhny might not be the only one to have come to that conclusion. Now, not to sound prescient, but previously on the PDB, we've mentioned that any talk of a stalemate in the ongoing war would lead to pressure from Western allies to seek a negotiated settlement. The NBC report suggests that U.S. and European officials have now begun discussions with Ukraine about what peace talks with Russia could involve. The dialogue 
which is still in its early stages, is said to include the idea that Ukraine might have to give up some territory in exchange for peace. According to the report, one of the primary concerns of Western nations is growing manpower issues for Ukraine. One Biden administration official was quoted as saying that the U.S. and its allies can provide Ukraine with weaponry, but, quote, if Ukraine doesn't have competent forces to use them, it doesn't do a lot of good, end quote. On the other side of that equation, Russia's capacity to throw men into combat appears almost inexhaustible. Well, frankly, that's something that all parties should have understood simply by studying World War II. Now, for his part, Ukrainian President Zelensky remains firm. During a press conference in Kyiv on Sunday, Zelensky insisted the war has not reached a stalemate and told reporters that the nation's partners are not trying to push Ukraine into premature negotiations or territorial concessions. And that, my friends, is the President's Daily Brief for Monday, 6 November. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me at pdb at thefirsttv.com. I'm Mike Baker. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay informed, stay safe, stay cool. Attention. If you owe the IRS, this is an important announcement. COVID relief is over and the IRS is ramping up like never before, sending out millions of collection letters to start 2024. Do you owe $10,000 or more or have unfiled returns? Now is the time to act. The IRS can garnish your wages, seize your property, and they can even take your home or your business. Don't let the IRS take advantage of you. It's time to call Tax Network USA. Their team of experienced tax lawyers has already saved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients. They know how to negotiate with the IRS and can help you, too. Visit TNUSA.com or call 1-800-245-6000. Again, that's 1-800-245-6000. Don't wait until it's too late. Take control of your tax situation today with Tax Network USA. 1-800-245-6000. Call now.